Well, hello, everybody. Today is December the 7th. I'm Amanda Barker. And I am Bill Antonio. And together we make uh, two The Wonder Twins. <laughs> two thirds of the podcast known as Born on This Day. Thanks so much for tuning in on this beautiful December 7th. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, if that is... Uh, applies to you and if it doesn't well just thanks for joining us hey bill do you know what today is no i don't amanda oh why don't you write and tell me oh foreshadowing (laughs) which is something we do when we are writing today is national letter writing day now letter writing has been in decline because of uh you know life and smartphones and the internet and all those things and the telephone before that but there was a time when it was the only way for people who were separated by distance to stay in touch with each other um and uh today's a great day to get back to basics and just hand write a letter so you know um it's a great day to sit down if you're a person who celebrates christmas and likes to send out some christmas cards or just little end of year cards or what have you mm-hmm. um the, today is is the perfect day to do it to celebrate national letter writing day oh yes indeed uh i miss uh the days when it was more frequent for us to get letters i remember the first time my best friend went away to university he went to uh, North Bay and I would write him a letter every week. Like on the same day, every week I would drop an, a letter into the mailbox. And sometimes oh. he would write back other times he wouldn't cause he was busy. But he said that the one thing that always cheered him up while he was like alone up in North Bay or Sudbury, I should say not North Bay uh, was uh, getting my letters every week. That is so, I, I can totally see you being that person. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely can see you being that person. I have not been the best letter writer. I have to say in the but past. That's the thing. When... Usually I'm not either, but you know, John, uh, John is special. That's all. Aww. Yeah. Are you still in touch with him? Oh yeah. He's still, uh, uh my, one of my very, very best friends. Yeah. You know, once emails came into Vogue, I, when I wrote my first email, it was all over and I was addicted to keeping in touch with people writing emails. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like that with certain apps like Voxer and WhatsApp and Marco Polo and all those. It still counts. But you just the... can't hold on to it the way you can a letter. Like I still have notes that people pass me yeah. in high school. I have them in a box and I, I look at them once in a, you know, every three years or whatever. But I know it's, I love it is, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating because it's like, will kids be going through? I always think that will, will people's great grandkids be going through their hard drives, you know? Well, also we know a lot about the past because of letters that have been left behind. Right. So like a lot of historians rely on these things. So I wonder what will they have to, that? what will last? What will they have to use to look back on today? I saw something just last week, actually, here in Toronto, um, although I think it was in um, Woodstock, Ontario, or somewhere in Ontario, anyway, here in Canada, where we are. Um, there was a, a, a letter that had been delivered to um, the local shop who was looking for, or the newspaper, who was looking for, like, a receptionist, and it was, like, from the 40s, Aww. and it just showed up. It just showed up, and it was clearly... It hadn't been opened since that time. And uh, it was really interesting because it was like this person applying for this for this job. Anyway, oh, that's crazy. Made me think I know every now and then you hear a story like that. Well, if you were born on today, December the 7th, your personality is defined by openness, assertiveness and actually at times restlessness. Well, that's pretty typical for a Sag. Uh, you value honesty and have no time for mind games. And this quality will make you very frank at times. But your overwhelming honesty is appreciated by those closest to you as well. So, again, the very, very Sagittarius qualities. And of course, you are a Sag if you're born today. Mm. 
First up, celebrating a birthday today, one of the most talented uh, actors working today is Jack Houston, part of one of Hollywood's most admired family dynasties, grandson of the great filmmaker John Houston, son of Oscar-nominated screenwriter Tony Houston, and nephew of actors Danny and Oscar-winning Angelica Houston. He has carved out his own impressive career, appearing on the series Boardwalk Empire, as Robert Kennedy in The Irishman, as the title character in the Ben-Hur remake, and on a season of Fargo. He was born on this day in London, England in 1982. Jennifer Carpenter played the lead role in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Emily Rose, <laughs> but is best known for playing Michael C. Hall's sister on the series Dexter, the two hitting it off so much that they even got married for a few years. She followed that show with the role on Limitless and uh, the Mel Gibson film Dragged Across Concrete. She was born on this day in Louisville, Kentucky in 1979, and I'm just going to say it, not a fan. Um, I don't know if it's in that I'm not a fan of hers or because I absolutely loathed that character on Dexter. I thought it was one of the I worst written her. female leads. I remember watching that show and being like, just kill her. Someone kill her. Like she, when she first becomes um, involved with that serial killer in one of the seasons, I was like, just kill her already. Like, get it over with. I, She's so I... stupid. Get her over with hated her yeah. on Dexter. She mumbled all of her lines. Right. Uh, I could never understand what she was saying. I actually didn't, you know, I'm, I'm an anomaly cause I did not like Dexter. Me neither. I, I got sick of it I, after a season. I, I did the first season yeah. and the season, the season end was so bad. I thought that I was like, I'm out. Cause it yeah. was like, everything was so convenient like when they write things to make sense that are not actually even possible and it's like right. oh no i've been doing this for my entire life i've been studying this particular <clears throat> thing to make this particular thing happen on this particular day like everything was so stupidly convenient yeah, uh, uh, yeah i wasn't it, a fan either it didn't make sense right so and i find him I, severely overrated as well i'm sorry but i'm just gonna say i it. do too yeah. i do too i just uh there was a lot of lead up and i wanted to like i started it mm -hmm. liking it yeah. and then it was for me diminishing returns yeah. and that was it me but, too uh, well uh oh it's you that's okay uh someone who uh is not giving us diminishing returns and is still doing very well <laughs> nicholas holt made his film debut at seven but it was his i love him yeah <laughs> I, i'm just gonna shut it out i i hate her and i love him i do like him too it was his performance six years later as the young and impressionable marcus in about a boy that established him while his performance in the 2009 drama a single man showed that he had arrived as an adult romantic lead he has then since appeared in jack the giant slayer Mad Max Fury Road, X-Men Apocalypse, The Favorite, and the series The Great. He was born on this day in Wokingham, England in 1989. If you have not seen The Great, uh, stop what you're doing right now and please do watch it. I haven't it. watched it yet, but I do uh, I do want to see it. And About a Boy is still one of my favorite movies ever that involves like, you know, an older person and a kid becoming friends and discovering life or whatever. I think it's so good. And he's so good I got, in it. I, I've actually never seen it. Oh, so. it's... it's charm and a half it's so good i need to watch about a boy and you need to watch the great oh it's on my list um he is so good i'm so mad mm -hmm. that it didn't get more emmy recognition because it did it got a bit for writing but he is so fantastic in it mm -hmm. um honestly that well, the emmy sometimes take time to warm up to a show and so it yes, might end up ruling it's in its second season i could see that yeah. he is so so fun so yeah. phenomenal in it. I just absolutely adore him in it, and uh, and I really enjoy it. It was one of my one of the my 
shows that I've really enjoyed this year. Well, Emily Browning starred in the 2004 film A Series of Unfortunate Events, then broke out as a grown actress in the sexy, controversial Sleeping Beauty in 2011. She's best known as Sierra on The Affair and Laura Moon on American Gods, and was born on this day in Melbourne, Australia in 1988. Caleb Landry Jones made his film debut in the Oscar-winning No Country for Old Men, rising through the ranks with roles on Friday Night Lights, X-Men First Class, The Last Exorcism, Neil Jordan's Byzantium, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and The Florida Project. He was born on this day in Garland, Texas in 1989. While there was a burst of roles for middle-aged women in American movies in the 70s, and Ellen Burstyn got almost all of them from her breakthrough role in The Last Picture Show, her star-making turn in the mega-hit The Exorcist, and her Oscar-winning performance in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. By the late 80s, she was focusing more on teaching as the work had dwindled, but she enjoyed a nice comeback with her Oscar-nominated performance in Requiem for a Dream. God, I hated that movie (laughs) in 2000. Uh, I'm just really giving my opinions today, folks. That's what, it's about being honest on December 7th. (laughs) People born on the are known for their blunt honesty and, and i'm giving you mine uh not that i was born on this day but anyway um uh, yes requiem for dream hated it and it's still going strong appearing in this year appearing this year in the tiff selection pieces of a woman she was born on this day in detroit michigan in 1932 you know what if i if i were to see it again i bet i would have a different opinion but when i did see it i was rolling my eyes big time um i really liked it but it's a movie that i would never watch again you know like it's fair uh, enough yeah. yeah so when people have a visceral reaction to it i'm not shocked i thought it was the most one of the most upsetting movies i've ever seen um but i also wonder if i watched it now if i would roll my eyes on it who knows i just felt like it was upsetting to be upsetting and it didn't do anything uh, that's how yeah, i got that tracks um although i find i can forgive that if a movie is like charismatic and i, sure. I enjoyed going on its ride uh, enjoyed being a you know, relative term, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was some interesting, I mean, it's been a long time. There's been some interest, there was some interesting cinematography in it. I think probably, I mean, it was in my twenties probably. So when it came out, so I feel like people were probably in love with it, which of course I'm just adversarial. I can't help it. So (laughs) I'm sure I was like, I don't like it then, but I just felt like I get it. They do drugs. Everyone does drugs. Drugs are awful. Drugs make you crazy and make bad choices in life. It doesn't, isn't, aren't drugs bad? Let's look at how bad they can get. Right. Oh, it's really yeah. bad drugs. Um, that said, I love the next person. <laughs> well, good. He's one of two brothers who have overtaken independent filmmaking with their projects. Mark Duplass wrote and directed the films The Puffy Chair and Baghead, starred in Your Sister's Sister, Zero Dark Thirty, and Bombshell, and appears on The Mindy Project, Goliath, and The Morning Show. He won an Emmy Award for a documentary he produced with his brother Jay Duplass and was born on this day in New Orleans, Louisiana, in 1976 i love the morning show and i love him in it i'm just gonna he's very good that. although i think his brother's way cuter have you seen the morning show not yet bill stop what you're Let, doing you know what if you're gonna pay for my apple subscription then i'll watch it okay amanda i'll give you my password stop <laughs> no, okay. what you're doing and stop watching the great i've changed my mind <laughs> watch the morning no, show. I'll watch Honestly, it. I'm, I'm gonna finish the crown first and then i'm gonna watch the morning show next the Morning show. I, I'm I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. I don't want to overhype it because I will kill it. But for me, it's my favorite TV show that I've watched this year, and I've watched a lot because oh, you know interesting. I have okay. no life. Yeah, for me. But I've heard other uh, people. Nobody has a life, Amanda. Welcome to pandemic living. Yeah. <laughs> 
hence this podcast. Well, uh, let's see how everybody feels about him in this room. See, Thomas Howell had a small role, and he did in the mega hit ET. I mm-hmm. don't remember him in the mega hit ET. Yeah, when you watch um, it again, you'll see him, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I, I He's one of the kids on the bikes. Oh no way! Yeah. Uh, anyway, of course, he's better known as one of the actors who achieved fame as part of the cast of the 1983 teen drama The Outsiders. God, I love that movie. Following it with roles in Red Dawn, The Hitcher, and Soul Man. Oh, my God, Soul Man. Can we just talk? Okay. More recently, (laughs) he appeared as a guest on Criminal Minds. He was born on this day in Los Angeles, California, which I got to say helps if you want to be a child star in 1966. I think that's Um, why he's in that movie, too. I think he was like a local kid. Yeah, for sure. Something like that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just it, like. I really do see it, even with my own uh, niece and nephew, the opportunities they get just from being near enough to go to auditions and so on. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright graduated from Amherst College with a degree in political science, but followed his passion with a scholarship to study acting at NYU, leaving before finishing because he began to get work. Following his Tony Award for Angels in America, he made his mark on film in the biopic of artist Jean-Michel Basquiat, following it with roles in Ride with the Devil, Broken Flowers, Lady in the Water, and the Hunger Games franchise. In 2006, he took over the role of Felix Leiter in the James Bond films. While on television, he starred on Boardwalk Empire, Westworld, and the adaptation of Angels in America, for which he won a Golden Globe and an Emmy. He was born on this day in Washington, D.C. in 1965. Eli Wallach is one of the actors closely associated with a rise in the popularity of the actor's studio and the method, or Stanislavski's method, also called the American method, in the 1950s, winning a Tony Award for the Rose Tattoo on stage while making an unforgettable film debut in Ilya Kazan's adaptation of Baby Doll by Tennessee Williams. He continued to work for the rest of his life, appearing in The Magnificent Seven, How to Steal a Million, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, all the way up to The Ghost Rider and the Wall Street sequel, both of which he appeared in at the age of 95. Come on. He won an Emmy Award and was given an honorary Oscar in 2011, three years before his death at the age of 98. What a way to go. He Mm -hmm. was born on this day in Brooklyn in 1915. You will, of course, know him as the old man in your favorite holiday movie, The Holiday, Amanda. (laughs) If you recall, Kate Winslet becomes friends with uh, a sweet old man in that movie, and that's him. Oh, that is actually the name. Okay. For those who have or just jumping into this podcast uh, whenever you are, just so you know, Bill and I (laughs) kind of have a thing where um, I don't know my holiday movie. Where no matter what holiday movie I'm referring to, you always think it's something else. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I always think it's that one, actually. Well, Amanda, many of us first got to know Priscilla Barnes when she took over as the third roommate on Three's Company, playing Terry from 1981 to 1984, while still making appearances as various characters on The Love Boat at the same time. She was in the Bond film License to Kill and the Sean Penn film The Crossing Guard, then more recently played the conniving Magda on the hit CW show Jane the Virgin. She was born on this day in Fort Dix, New Jersey in 1954. Songwriter, singer, and actor Tom Waits thrills his fans with his gravelly voice, responsible for classic songs like Olay 55 and Shiver Me Timbers. And Ole 55, never... like a car. Oh. Ole 55. Why? What did I say? Olay. <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, yeah. 
That's the song I want to hear. Uh, and while never a mainstream commercial success, he has had a strong following of devoted listeners throughout his career of 17 albums and 12 tours. Uh, as an actor, he's appeared in more than you think. He's appeared in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Down by Law, Ironweed, The Fisher King. Yes, that's right. And The Dead Don't Die. He composed the soundtrack for Coppola's One from the Heart and was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, he was born on this day in Pomona, California in 1949. My favorite story about him is I forget who the interviewer was, but somebody from Rolling Stone went to interview him in his like upstate New York uh, shack or whatever. And, uh, you know, he was Tom Waits, as, as we all know him, the, right. you know, guy. <laughs> and uh, and then um, they a little while later, um, they he thought they had left, but they were still doing something, getting the audio or something. So they hadn't left. And they heard him like talking to his mother, I think, outside. And he was completely in like a normal voice, uh, New York accent. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like that. That's, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, makes sense. They were like, who is that? And it's like, oh, but because, you know, he's he's a character. I, I will say this. One of my all time favorite songs uh, is um, I Don't Want to Grow Up which uh, is written by him and Holly Cole. Does He's written a, an incredible collection of songs. He's such a great songwriter. I just usually prefer mm. it when other people sing them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, under I also understand the value of his style as a performer. Um, it's, mm. you know, it's unique mm. and it's very characteristic, but he's very good friends with Bette Midler, or at least he was back in the day. And her covers of his songs always just blow me away. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially women who cover his songs. Yeah. Um, really, there's something about it. It's a, it's just this perfect mixture. Yeah. I used to um, love Sarah McLaughlin did a cover of uh, Ole 55 that I also really yeah. liked. Yeah. Yeah. Holly Cole's mm -hmm. I Don't Want to Grow Up is, is one of my all-time Holly Cole's favorites. Everything is amazing. I can't tell you how much I'm, I love Holly Cole. Anyway. Did I tell you I worked with her? I didn't tell you I that. think you did. I think I remember that. Yeah. She was part of that Jan Arden show that right. I did. Anyway. Yeah. I just love her. Anyway. Mark cool. Ralston is best known as the inmate who sexually abuses Tim Robbins in The Shawshank Redemption. And Amanda, I swear to God, if there's anything that would... I just... If I end up in movies, that's how that's the kind of career I'll have. Basically, is people stopping me on the street, being like, "Are you the guy that plays that perverted rapist in that movie that my brother makes me watch all the time?" I'm like, "Yes, that's me." Anyway, so my heart goes out to you, Mark. Um, but uh, he played softer roles in Body of Evidence, Hard Rain, Rush Hour, and on the shows The Shield, CSI Miami, and last year's war movie Midway. He was born on this day in Baltimore, Maryland, in 1956. I referenced Body of Evidence while watching Shark Tank last night. Amazing. So Nice to hear it here today. Yeah, classic Madonna thriller. Yeah, classic Madonna. Marco was like, I was saying something, and I was like, "Am I too army?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Am I too like Madonna and body of evidence?" <laughs> of course, I'm not. I my arms are the opposite of Madonna's beautiful arms. Oh, wow. Um, Herd Hatfield was cast in the title role of the 1945 version of The Picture of Dorian Gray, and it's the role with which he would forever be associated, though he also appeared as Pontius Pilate in King of Kings and was in movies as recently as Crimes of the Heart in 1986. He returned with his lifelong friend and Dorian Gray co-star Angela Lansbury on episodes of Murder, She Wrote before retiring, spending his last years in Ireland before dying in 1998 at the age of 81. He was born on this day in new york city in 1917 jeff nichols received strong notices for his little scene debut 
shotgun stories, but achieved far wider acclaim with his drama Take Shelter in 2011, following it with the Matthew McConaughey film Mud, the science fiction thriller Midnight Special, and the touching drama about the interracial marriage that changed American law, Loving. He was born on this day in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1978. Ted Knight was a decorated member of a company, 296 uh, a company. Com- a, oh, sorry. Yep. Yes, like my dad was in B I was going to say, as the daughter of a military man, I expect you to know how to read this properly, Amanda. Yes, my dad. Well, I... Okay, fine. Uh, my Yeah, my dad was in B Company, something, something, something. So A Company, the 296th Combat Engineer Battalion during World War II, then followed his service with his marvelous acting career, including two Emmys for his seven years on The Mary Tyler Show, uh, followed by the comedy hit Caddyshack and six seasons of the hit sitcom too close for comfort he was born on this day in terryville connecticut in 1923 and died in 1986 at the age of 62 he was not um in uh, all my children that's uh somebody else <laughs> okay I thought for, there's a, maybe it's mark knight um oh but he but he plays ted i think hang on ted all my children and that was my out. typo by the way he was on the mary tyler moore show not the mary tyler show and i thought uh, that's what it was called yeah. and but he's I one of my favorites it. on that show i th- I love ted knight uh michael knight plays right. ted on all my children Hilarious. or played ted on all my children and as a kid i was obsessed with uh, too close for comfort i used to love that show so i i've known him mm. since i was uh, young Sue Johnston didn't get into acting until she was in her 40s, giving up her career as a tax inspector to follow her passion. She was already familiar to British audiences for her roles on Clatterford and Coronation Street before taking on the role as Lady Violet's cantankerous maid, Miss Denker, on Downton Abbey. She was born on this day in Warrington, England in 1943. Well, if you don't know, I uh, wrote a musical called uh, Little Black Dress, and one of the people that I wrote it with... um, her name is uh, Danielle Trzinski, and she, many, many, many years ago, had dinner with a friend who brought his friend, Sarah Bareilles, mm. and they all had dinner together, and Sarah Bareilles said that she wanted to, or actually they were working on um, Waitress as a musical, and I said, the movie Waitress as a musical? Oh, how cool. They'll make it about um, the author and about the author writing it and what happened to her. Nope, they sure didn't. Uh, and it's always been something sad to me. But singer Sarah Bareilles is an American singer, songwriter, actress, author and producer who released her debut studio album, Careful Confessions, in 2004 and her second, Little Voice, in 2007. Her hits include Love Song, which I love the story behind that because they wanted her to write a love song and she didn't have one in the album. So she wrote, I'm not going to write you a love song. Very, uh-huh. very cute. Uh, King of Anything and has been nominated for eight Grammy Awards. She did earn a Tony nomination for the score of the SpongeBob SquarePants musical and was nominated for an Emmy, uh, nominated for Emmy Awards for co-hosting the Tonys. How about that? (laughs) She sold over one million albums. And in February of 2012, VH1 placed Bareilles in the 80th spot of the top 100 greatest women in music. She released her memoir, Sounds Like Me, in 2015, and she was born on this day in Eureka, California in 1979 well that broadway musical of waitress uh, ended up being way more successful than the original movie so uh yes, the money at did. least goes to the poor late um shelly what, what's her what's name, her name? to yes. uh yeah oh my god yes. i'm so sorry i'm forgetting her name now but uh hang on i'll, I'll do it hang but on. uh anyway it goes to her estate anyway so you know 
It does, and then maybe that's one of the re- Adrian Shelley. Adrian Shelley. Yeah, um, I, I I will say that the musical waitress I thought was an abomination, but oh, uh, interesting. But the me, oh, it's so bad. Well, I, the, and I also the, like that movie is cute, but I never loved it, and I knew watching mm-hmm. it that it got a theatrical release basically because of the story. Uh, you know, the fact that she had just died and how she died. Um, otherwise, mm. I think it would have gone straight to DVD as would have been the, the, the method I mean, at the I time. I feel like it kind of it went straight to DVD, mostly anyway. Right, but I saw it, it in a movie theater, and I don't know that that would have happened otherwise. But, uh, yeah. you know, considering that uh, this wonderful, charming actress uh, then turns to directing and makes this lovely little film, I'm just like, well, I'm not bitter about the fact that she got a theatrical release over it. I'm really no. sorry that she died. Really sorry yeah. that she died. It's yeah. so sad. Oh, that I mean, to me, that's the that's the most interesting part of the entire story yeah. is the fact that she wrote a, a movie about um, domestic violence and then was killed by a random act of violence. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, no. But waitress as a musical to me was an abomination. Although I will say, my dear, dear, and unfortunately now departed friend Nick Cordero originated the role. Of oh, that's the right. Movie. Yeah. In, in it and right. um hmm. unfortunately i never got to see him in it but uh, uh I, i've nick. listened to him on the soundtrack and he was fantastic did you know nick i did not know him but uh also a story that really broke my heart all the same and you know he oh. was a friend of friends of mine so yeah um, sweetest sorry. most yeah. wonderful guy and he did die of uh complications due yeah. to COVID 19 well i mean i'd be sorry if it happened even if he was a shitty guy but you know no he's an amazing he was an amazing guy really i know but you know guy. how like when when little children are murdered and people are like she was so sweet she she was always nice to everyone in the neighborhood i'm like she was four years old like if if she was a brat i would still be sorry that she got killed i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. God. yeah. Uh, he was not a brat he was no, very of grateful course, of course well speaking of guy. shitty men amanda um <laughs> <laughs> From what I've heard, this is the case with our next uh, birthday celebrant director, Abdelatif Kashish, became internationally famous when his fifth feature film, Blue is the Warmest Color, won the Palme d'Or at the 2013 Cannes Film Festival from a jury headed by Steven Spielberg. The film actually received the award for himself, as well as its two lead, two lead actresses, who were cited for the contribution that their performances gave to the film's award, award-worthy quality. Kashish enraged Cannes Film Festival president Gilles Jacob when he decided to auction off his award in 2017, stating that the award meant less if he had to share it with performers who had criticized him publicly for the difficult working relationship they said they had making the film. Clearly, the conflict was cleared up as the director was back at Cannes in 2019, competing for the top prize with his film Mektoub, My Love, Intermezzo. He was raised in Nice, but was born on this day in Tunis, Tunisia in 1960. Boo. Okay. Aaron Carter is the younger brother of of Backstreet Boys singer Nick Carter, a teen star in the late 90s who released four successful albums, starred in the Broadway musical Susical, and he appeared on Dancing with the Stars and more recently announced his transition into rap music. Mm -hmm. I was hoping that would end with something else. Presenting a new look complete with extensive tattoos over his arms, face, and neck. His personal problems have brought him into the news on more than one occasion for the last decade, including arrests for driving under the influence and restraining orders taken out by his ex-girlfriend, bankruptcy in 2013, and illness caused by an abdominal hernia. He has stated that his late sister Leslie sexually abused him when he was a child 
child, and a similar accusation against his brother Nick led to legal repercussions. My goodness. In March of 2020, Carter announced uh, oh, Carter opened an OnlyFans account, charging 50 to 100 per nude photo of him. We wish him well, and we hope he gets the help he deserves. <laughs> he was born on this day, or needs, I should say. He was born on this day in Tampa, Florida, <laughs> which pretty much explains everything in 1987. <laughs> uh, so was my friend uh, Danielle Trzinski, who um, had dinner with Sarah Burrell. still Burrellis. explains everything. <laughs> She's a Tampa girl. It's so funny because Aaron Carter, at his height, was like the cutest, like most prettiest, twinky angel yeah, dream boy. Yep. And now it's like, oh my God, have you been run over by a million trucks God. yeah well anyway. hard life will wear yeah, on you it has been hard life for him george Corafas uh was raised in france by greek parents training with the peter brook company before being discovered by david lean for a film project of adapting joseph conrad's nostromo that never materialized I had to read that book twice to understand it. He went on to play Christopher Columbus in the 1992 film about him, appeared in Not Without My Daughter, Impromptu, and Escape from L.A., while more recently appearing in the Greek award winner A Touch of Spice, Without Borders, and the Spanish comedy Kilometer Zero. He was born on this day in Paris in 1952. Well, some people might be surprised to learn, as I was just this year, um, that Italians, when they first moved to the United States, did not first settle in New York or in Boston. For that matter, they first settled in New Orleans. Oh, interesting. And because of that, New Orleans actually has a pretty beautiful uh, Italian quarter, Italian area. Um, And I was lucky enough to go there in January uh, and see New Orleans for the first time. Louis Prima was a singer, songwriter, band leader, and trumpeteer. First style was rooted in New Orleans jazz, swing music, and jump blues. He formed a seven-piece jazz band in the late 1920s, fronted a swing combo in in the 1930s, and a big band group in the 40s, making prominent use of Italian music and languages in his song language i should say although it's languages really in italy there's so many versions and uh, he was sicilian i believe so he would have sp- spoken that dialect as well at a time when ethnic quote-unquote musicians were often discouraged from openly stressing their ethnicity prima's conspicuous embrace of his sicilian ethnicity opened the doors for other italian american and other ethnic american musicians to display their ethnic roots his hit singles included Dinah, Long About Midnight, It's the Rhythm in Me, and the Manuelo Tarantel. He appeared as himself in a handful of musical films in the 40s, endearing himself to children everywhere when he voiced the character of King Louis of the Apes in the 1967 animated classic, The Jungle Book. He was born on this day in New Orleans in 1910. He died in 1978 at the age of 67. Yes, he's also what that I- movie Big Night is all about, too. Yeah. Oh, it's about him? Well, yeah, because remember they're preparing their dinner because Louis Prima is going to come. Oh, yes. That's the whole thing is Louis Prima. And of course, well, we don't want to spoil it. But um... we don't want to spoil a 24-year-old film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, I didn't realize he was King Louis, but of course he was. And I've never heard the Manuelo Tarantel, but that's funny because it's such a Sicilian thing to, to take the vowel off. Yep. At the end. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, um, going to there's a there's a whole Sicilian square and building and an Italian American uh, center. There's I, I didn't realize New Orleans had such Italian 
heritage. Yeah, I didn't know that specifically, either. Yeah, specifically Sicilian heritage. Um, so it wasn't like he was the only one. There was a huge community. And like I said, they were there before they were ever in Brooklyn or, or in New the Jersey. tenements of Manhattan mm-hmm. or, yeah, or any of those places. Yeah. Hmm. A great actress coming up next, Faye Bainter began acting as a child in the late 1890s, a part of the Morosco Stock Company in Los Angeles, before making her Broadway debut in The Rose of Panama in 1912. She made her way into movies in her 40s, becoming the first person to be nominated for both a leading and supporting Oscar in the same year, for White Banners and Jezebel, winning the latter for Best Supporting Actress. She went on to star in Our Town, Babes on Broadway, The Human Comedy, and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and in 1961 received a late career Oscar nomination for The Children's Hour with uh, Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine, making only four more television appearances before her death in 1968 at the age of 74. She was born on this day in Los Angeles in 19, excuse me, in 1893. <laughs> well, we don't know too much about Jennifer Syme. Syme? Is that I think so. It? I think it's Syme, yeah. Yeah, she was an assistant to David Lynch and later a record company exec who is most famous for the fact that she had a child with Keanu Reeves that was stillborn and that soon led to their breakup, following by her dying in a car accident of April of 2001 at the age of just 28. But fans of Lynch's Mulholland Drive will note that the film is dedicated to her. She was born on this day in Pico Rivera, California in 1972. Larry Joe Bird is an American former professional basketball player, coach, and executive in the National Basketball Association. Nicknamed the Hick from French Lick and Larry Legend, Bird is widely regarded as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He was born in today in, in West Baden Springs, Indiana in 1956. Yep, and uh, he was God when I was growing up in mm-hmm. Boston, man. I yeah. mean, he was so huge. Well, uh, maybe you want to write him a little fan letter if you're into basketball, because once again, today is National Letter Writing Day. Um, That's right. Go write a letter. Go yeah. write a, a card, a postcard. Um, you know, just to let somebody know that you're that you're thinking of them, or mm-hmm. send them a holiday card of any kind if you if you feel up to it. But. Uh, Bill, this is always a, a joy to be with you. Thanks Amanda, so for... I will write you a letter to, later to tell you if I had fun or not today. <laughs> okay. And I'll write a letter back in emojis. I won't tell you which ones. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining both of us. This was Born on This Day. See you tomorrow. 